you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast. Ice is up, son. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left and Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. <laughs> no Wes. Where is Wes? He's in Cincinnati with his mom watching some college basketball. Yeah, Wes having fun. He's actually in route, I believe. Mm. And he gets in. He said he touches down in Cincy about 10 o'clock tonight. Mm. So I said to him, I said, hey, what do we do? What's, what's the party situation here? He's like, oh, it's not going to be as uh, crazy as you think. So I was like, all right. I took that into effect, and I did a little over-under. We're going to do some over-under on today's show. with Nice tie-in. That's you. why you're a pro. Nailed it. Uh, but. I did an over-under. I said, okay, he's in. He said he's taking it easy. Uh, Friday night, uh, he gets in late, and then he has Saturday, Sunday, and then flies out Monday. Oh, my. So I basically said he has one night and two full days of drinking. He told me he'll take it easy. So conser- I guess conservatively I said, all right, 34 and a half beers. And he gave me a look, and he said, oh, way over. <laughs> And you could do the, the math on that. I'm no math. Well, it's funny that he, he prefaced it by being like that it'll be a low number. Right. right. I mean, <laughs> that is 34 and a half divided by three is what? Like 11 and a half beers, something like that? It's, it feels like a lot to consume. I got a text a from him late in the middle of the night telling me that he was thinking about only drinking white Zinfandel uh, this summer. <laughs> that he's going to get off beer entirely. That sounds like a lie. Maybe it's that and beer. <laughs> it says a lot about the West family, though, that, like, going to go home just to watch some college basketball with the bro- the brothers and the mom. What a that, scene. Just what a sports household. Would have been a fun one to grow up in. What a scene yeah. it must be. Um, West might contend it wasn't so fun to grow up in the house. It was just more like a mad a mad collection of testosterone. Yeah, pluses and minuses, I think. Yeah, pluses and minuses. Uh, anyway, so Wes... Have fun in Cincinnati. We will carry on without you. We were supposed to have, sitting in for Wes, uh, Colleen Wolf, who hasn't been with us in a few weeks, right. Connie Fox. 
but then I, I was up early this morning around 6.30, and I got a text from Connie, um, and Connie said she just was not feeling well, and she was hoping she was going to feel better. Right. Uh, but she was too under the weather, and she was concerned mm. about getting us sick. There's six children between the three of us in the studio. She had too many concerns that this illness, whatever it is, a potentially airborne illness – uh, could lead to her infecting us, so she's laying low. I mean, it's not a, it's not just a 24-hour bug from what the information that you've gathered. I only have the information that I could share through those three texts, mm. so we don't know the severity of it. But w- hopefully, Colin gets well soon. Yeah, I'm worried. Connie Fox uh, and other news left us in the lurch, but we have to forge on. <laughs> yeah, and other news uh, before we get to the news. Um, Lindsay Rhodes, if you listen to Wednesday's podcast, Lindsay uh, promised us she would reach out to David Carr, brother of Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. David works with the company now, of course, former first round pick of the Texans and try to broker a peace between uh, Greg and myself. Greg sheepishly going along with this. Uh, he doesn't like being caught in the middle of it. I'm very open about healing the wounds that led to Greg and I being blocked by Derek Carr sometime during the postseason. Uh, and I, I now that this bit has legs, I'm I'm on board. Now we're getting the cars involved. I was a little uncomfortable at first. You need some. You should just take your blocks. I give out blocks sometimes. You just got to take them. Okay. What I, my I guess what I'm, what I'm saying, saying, Greg, is vision over visibility. You know, yeah. there think, was always legs to this. Yeah, we just needed an in. And now we have David Carr. So I said, Linz, if you could, with your uh, journal background, offer an update. Lindsay is not around today, but she she was kind enough to leave me a voicemail. And oh, here's wow. what she had to say. Dan, it's Lindsay. I just wanted to let you know that I've done my part to help repair the damage that you and Greg have done to your yet to exist relationship with Derek Carr. <laughs> I spoke to his brother yesterday. I told him that the two of you were prepared to grovel. Grovel. And he seemed interested in that. (laughs) Uh, He seemed open to intervening on your behalf as well. So I've given him your name. He might pass them along to Derek if he can remember them. So if you notice that you are miraculously unblocked in the next few days, then A, you're welcome, and B, David failed because I told him to do nothing until he could come on the pod, oh. hear out your arguments, make you grovel a little bit, and then involve Derek live on the podcast Ooh. because I'm all about promoting your content. So you're welcome. I guess. What a message. I love Lindsay. She's the best. I mean, the grovel thing, I would have, I, we could have done without her saying that, telling David Carr, and frankly, misinforming David Carr by yeah. saying that we plan to grovel. It feels about right. It's more, honestly, it's more about just, let's straighten things out a little bit. Let's find out. What happened? Truth. I mean, Greg doesn't like to acknowledge this, but it certainly un- got under your skin. And so, you know, it, you're not going to ha- naturally have Derek Carr unblock you. He doesn't know that you exist or any of us <laughs> exist. There's, I think some of this is Mark a little upset that you don't, you are not blocked. So you, Ooh, we definitely know that you don't exist to him. On some level, at some well, wait, point, I we got to, on the grid. I continue to interact with him online. I'm I think sure you he's, do. you know, he seems like <laughs> number one kind of a heroic guy, really good heart and spirit. I mean, and he must feel the same about the people that he doesn't block. You guys got on his radar. Yeah. He, you guys kind of something about what you're offering as people is not in line with Derek Carr, an MVP candidate last season. And what we're going to figure it out. 
Hopefully, with David Carr's help. So they'll keep keep tab. I don't want that. it to leapfrog your relationships with him above mine. That, <laughs> that I would not like. I mean, clearly, that's that's what we're getting at. You're a little concerned that this will lead to if if everything gets like hammered out here. And I'll all get in the sudden, way if I need to. Gotcha. Still blocked right now, Greg. Uh, and I don't even have to check mine. I know I am. Uh, all right. One last thing before we get to the news. We we told you that we were. Um, some derogatory things were said to us on the internal uh, <laughs> monitor feed uh, before our live NFL Network hit on Wednesday. The podcast bozos. Um, let's. What we actually have is that uh, Sydney, because she does her job so well, was able to dig up that actual <laughs> raw audio. Let's hear it right now. Is this such a good time to check the sink on these podcast bozos? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Who was that, Sydney? Don't uh, have to use his last name. Yeah, well. that that was a director for NFL Network, Roy. Mm, Roy. Yeah. The director. Roy did not know that you could hear that, by the way. What happened was Whoa. the stars aligned, and I had him on speakerphone in here, and my mic was live, so oh. it just picked up on his audio. <laughs> awesome. We're gonna Maybe we should get Roy on the phone at some point next week. To, I think we need to. To let him know that we, are, we should be, maybe not reckoned with, but a, a baseline of respect. Just like a baseline, like not to be... Name calling may be inappropriate. I would think he's being more respectful than some right out of the gate, but we still need better behavior in general. Okay, good. Let's do some news, Sid. I don't know who Bozo is. What is he a clown? Is he a clown? What are you kidding me? (laughs) Connor Orr wouldn't like that. Bozos. Maybe we'll hear from Connor today. Let's get Connor on the phone, uh, Sid, at the end of today's show. Let's start uh, with. Uh, you know, a little bit of a slow period now, but there's still stuff going on. And one of the big things coming up is uh, the NFL owners meetings on the way. And according uh, to Judy Batista, uh, so the league meeting actually is what they're called. Is that what it was that what they're called? The annual league, the meeting. annual league meeting coming up next week. And, and according to Judy Batista in a recent column for NFL.com, uh, the Raiders potential move to Las Vegas will dominate the league meeting uh, and uh, this this from Judy uh, the coaches uh, and general managers will uh, get together and the owners uh, in Phoenix if 24 of 32 clubs agree uh, to have the Raiders move and they almost certainly will although reluctantly Judy writes the Raiders will play two more years uh, 2017 and 2018 in Oakland before packing up and heading out uh, I guess most likely to Las Vegas, Greg, uh, this is, and we, when we did our darkest timeline, I brought this up as one of the reasons where you could be a little nervous about the Raiders this season, because this has the, this has the chance to have a real ugly stink on it this season. I'm surprised everyone, and maybe just cause it's not official yet. And we'll see if it all goes through next week. It looks like it's going that way. I'm surprised there's not more talk about how weird this is that they a, that they're moving to Las Vegas, which is strange to begin with, a much smaller market, you know, obviously the home of uh, the epicenter of gambling in this country. But more importantly, in my mind, that they're going to still be in Oakland for the next two years. That's extremely awkward. And they're expecting a lot out of their fans, number one, to just support them. And it's weird because it's at, at a time when they're finally good again. And now they're saying they're going to leave. And then two, I think it's a strange situation just for the the players and the organization that they're going to be in this weird limbo for a couple years of being in a place that you're not staying. People 
know that Jack Del Rio, one of the reasons he's so excited about this job is that he's an, he's an Oakland guy. He, he grew up a Raiders fan. The Marshawn Lynch is another Oakland guy, someone that wants to be on the Raiders, which was not the case with players in general four or five years ago. And it is incredibly murky. And it's funny, um, during Super Bowl week, had to write a piece on the Astrodome. And Bruce Matthews, who played for the, Oil, the old Oilers for a long time, that also was a lame duck scenario where the fans knew near the end that they were going to move to Tennessee. And that once raucous, amazing dome was just a mausoleum during the end when the fans knew that their team was abandoning them. So what Raiders fans, the most passionate in the country, what are you going to ask them to do over the next two seasons? Climb on board and be as excited? I think it's a rough thing. I mean, growing up a Browns fan, if you're young, you don't think that your team is going to move. You think they're going to be there good or bad every Sunday. And then this happens. I think maybe the reaction is a little bit less insane about it because we've just dealt with a ton of movement already. Yeah. The Chargers, the Rams, these LA te- these teams that were in LA move out and back in and out and back in a hundred times over. It's ridiculous. But the the Raiders thing is weird. They could go one of two ways. You know, maybe let's win. You know, can we win a Super Bowl for Oakland before we leave? Like that would be a great story if they're a great team. But if they don't live up to expectations, it's the NFL. You know, if, if they're five, you know, if they're four and six or something at some point, then then you could have a weird a weird vibe where it's just a lot of apathy and anger. This this is the problem, and I, I hate this stuff. I hate teams moving. I hate that the Chargers left San Diego. Um, the St. Louis thing it wasn't great, even though they were at least going back to L.A. Oakland is a great football town, as we're talking about here. And the bad news in all of this, uh, and again, I'm taking this from Judy's reporting, is that uh, the owners are resigned to this idea that there is no viable plan from Oakland. So it's not like a situation where San Diego, it seemed like there was a deal to be made if everybody really worked hard together and, and there was some teamwork involved. But with Oakland, there is no plan. And then mm. a, an owner told Judy, here's a quote, the complete lack of any realistic alternative in Oakland is just mm. as big a factor because nobody really wants to see them move. You'd really prefer to see them stay in Oakland. It just hasn't worked. I don't think there is much, if any, opposition. What It, it shows the lack of power that the NFL League office and Roger Goodell ultimately have. Over one of those 32 owners. Because in their mind, they would love it if Mark Davis would just sell the team. They would love it if they could find an owner, I, I believe, that could afford and figure out a stadium. The only reason he can't afford, you know, do it in Oakland is because he can't pay for it. That's always you know, been an issue bi- with the Davis family. It's a billion, you know, this is a, a billion dollar business. You could find some, I bet you can find some tech people that could buy the Raiders, figure figure it out, but they can't. So they're going to a place that, that's giving them public money. So that is going to be uh, the big story coming out of these meetings. But there's other stuff too, and, and, and it centers around rule changes. And uh, we all love rule changes. They're good <laughs> ones, at least. Uh, uh, one of the dominant themes of that uh, aspect will be improving the pace of games. Uh, Roger Goodell has, has stated publicly that he wants the games to have fewer extended interruptions uh, after they had an internal assessment of how these games are playing out. And now they're trying to figure out what, what will happen uh, and there will also be a vote uh, on a proposal to have a centralized replay review in which all, all things happen in New York. I think MLB has the same type of process uh, that will make the final decision on replays rather than have the on-field officials in the mix. Greg, what else in terms of new rule proposals jump out at you, whether they're realistic or just fun? Well, this one isn't fun, but it's one I've always wanted, which is a rule proposal from the Eagles to amend the challenge system 
to keep your third challenge if you're successful on one of your first two challenges. I hate the fact that if you get penalized for the officials being wrong and you calling them out on it in the current system, which is that if you get the first two challenges right, you know, you still you you still wind up not getting that third challenge. So in this case, if you just get one of your first two challenges right, you know, you get that extra challenge. That's how it should be. Yeah, I don't I like know that. why why this is even something that people would struggle with. It's because it they sense. it's the whole idea. I don't know. There, it's the whole idea. You don't want to make the game longer or anything, but get it, get I'm gonna it. Right. Go down, this is a minor one. I'm gonna go down the list. A couple, some of the ones that jumped out to me. Uh, this is from Philly. Prohibit the leaper block attempt on field goal and extra point plays. I'm a little torn on that one. I think the leap is kind of fun. It is. It's definitely changed that aspect of the game a little bit. Why did? Why are we wiping that out? Well, we also don't know if it's going to go through. That's the well, good thing. A lot of, course, of these Mark, get these proposed. proposals. I'm talking about what you think about. I like yeah, the leap. I, I, like, I the like the leaping leap thing. Too. Is it really know. that unsafe? I don't get is it. Is that what people are talking about? It, but is it causing injuries? I, I miss that. Like the the Seahawks won't like this because they've got some great leapers. I would They're, keep it. I would keep that's it. That's their Prob- thing. Probably the best leaping team in the game. Uh, the Redskins are doing a great job here. I <laughs> You know, and they they haven't gotten a lot of credit this offseason. They probably shouldn't. Um, they fired their GM on the first day of free agency. So, you know, it's like one of those things where maybe things aren't going so well in Washington. But two things I liked. And the first one is this. I like when there's a bonkers rule proposal. Here's from Washington. Moves the line of scrimmage to the 20-yard line for any touchback where the free kick travels through the uprights. Put it on the 20 instead of the 35. I love it. And let's fly. I love it. Fly with it, baby. Because here's the problem there. One of the issues when they moved up the kickoff in a safety measure to the 35 in 2011 was now we're having more touchbacks than ever. And now then you have people saying, well, it's kind of a waste of the play. Should we just get rid of the kickoffs? I don't want to do that. I'm a bit of a purist. Put some juice into it, something for the fans to get excited about. Spice it up because it was one of the most exciting plays in football when you had the Josh Cribs, the all the great kick returners, and suddenly that entire thing's been taken away. You got to add some spice. I like that. Maybe maybe if you can doink it off the crossbar, fifteen yard line. Imagine how dramatic a doink would be. Uh, crowd would go that is fun though nuts it does make it watchable suddenly right. every kickoff's a 70 whatever yard field goal it is attempt uh the other the other proposal that really i love from uh the red uh, from the redskins uh they submitted a rule that allows them to say eh, no thanks on the color rush uniforms on thursdays those uh hideous designs that you like that cost greg a game once uh, when, for the colorblind, uh, the Jets-Bills game a couple years ago. Uh, my it, was tra- it was dramatic. I didn't know when Ryan Fitzpatrick threw an interception to essentially end the game. I wasn't sure if it was a completion or an interception. <laughs> I had to wait for Mike Tirico to tell me. The, so, and then the reason is you have to offer a reason in your submission. And this is my favorite part about it. Uh, it could have been uh, 100 words, could have been 1,000 words. Just two words. Garish uniforms. I couldn't disagree more with this rule proposal. I, I understand that a lot of people hate color rush, but I think it's you know it's predominantly on Thursday night, and you c- sometimes get these wacky Thursday night matchups. Isn't it always Thursday? It's always Thursday yeah. night, but the, you know the, you know it's November, and there's a terrible Thursday night matchup. At least you put them in insane uniforms that you've never seen. I would like every team to have roughly 15 different uniform combinations and. 
you know, okay, some <laughs> of them, some of them were beautiful, like color combinations. They really were. It's something you'd never seen before in the NFL. Everyone's like, ah. Oh. I want it to be just like it was. I'm with you, Mark. I like the color rush. I think this is crazy. Uh, it, it adds people get into it. People, you know, get some conversation. Also, by the way, how, how about get on the deal? radar with the NFL by being a team that's not on board with their mark? This is a major marketing right. proposal. Hey, Why are you getting? It's not going to pass. Hey, you want to you want to fix your marketing and your your branding? Maybe change your name from Redskins. Redskins. Let's start. There. I mean, what a team to be. Well, that's that's, that's that's certainly fair, but uh, it's a cheesy cash grab, and you guys are falling into it too easily. That's all. Well, well I wouldn't mind to see my team, the Browns, have more than just it, simply the uniforms. This morning, I, I said to Mark that a lot of this, I think, goes back to that you you are stuck with a team that's called literally called the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you have nowhere to go with it, and it, you're desperate. You're you want something, a little juice with your uniforms. I get that. In general, I like uniform madness. I like to see more. Well, of there it. was a. Pro- Proposal wasn't there to add uh, a potential second helmet for yes teams. by the Eagles. The Eagles wanted an alternate helmet. I love that too. That's Does cool. anyone not agree with that? That's cool. Alternate Whatever. helmet. I guess I don't care that much. But <laughs> the alternate helmet's fine. But uh, your like, super suit. You're excited about the Jets scenario. Like you the, don't. You know. I can't get out of my mind the Jaguars Titans matchup last year where it was like Jaguars were in like um, radioactive puke yellow and the Titans were in full. Hideous powder, electric blue, and it's like, what are we doing here? It you looks like bre- an arena football league game. You got to break a couple eggs to make an omelet. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Grow up, Peter Pan. <laughs> I guess we disagree. That's fine. Moving on. So that's what's going on with thirty-two that. helmets. Is there any <laughs> thirty-two? That's it. That's all you get. Moving on. Hey, Johnny Manziel is a former Brown. Did you know that, Mark? <laughs> I am aware. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rap sheet reported Thursday uh, that the wayward quarterback. Uh, was spotted with Saints head coach Sean Payton at breakfast during last month's Super Bowl. Uh, per sources informed of the meeting, the two discussed a return to the NFL. Marron report added that Payton is interested in Manziel possibly joining the Saints sometime in the future. Well, I figured this was not uh, simply the Saints head coach taking an interest in Manziel as he's trying to get back in the league. Uh, it, it's more he has a legitimate uh, thought process about how he could potentially help the Saints. Mark, I know you um, obviously have history with this man, not direct history, but we have the video, the famous video from the draft. You thought this guy was going to change the Browns. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have gone any worse. Uh, but is there a chance he could clean up his, his life, clean up his NFL career, and maybe salvage this thing? I think it's interesting that NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported during the combine that there was interest from multiple teams in Manziel, at least in exploring where he's at. And there was someone else in our building who months ago knew that Peyton and the Saints were zeroed in to some degree on Manziel. Can't say who it was, but it's someone that's close to Sean Peyton. And it's interesting that the Saints have talked Patrick for Claiborne. years. It was Claiborne. It was certainly not Patrick Omar Claiborne. Ruiz. It was certainly not Omar Ruiz. Oh. But the Saints had talked for years about seriously pursuing a solution behind Drew Brees, potentially someone in the future. I don't see Manziel the way, but on their roster, you've got Luke McCown and Garrett Grayson. Garrett Grayson, a third rounder, but they are still looking. They seem like an obvious candidate to draft someone again this year. I think they'll keep drafting guys to see what happens. And Manziel... I guess the thing was this. The, if he really were to clean up his act, 
the athletic upside and kind of what you could potentially do with him probably interests a lot of offensive-minded coaches. I could see why it's attractive to Sean Payton. I don't like the fit of him in New Orleans, but if you have issues, any city is a bad city. Any town's a bad town. It's not that much worse. I, I don't I don't buy the fact that, like, Manziel in general, he's either got his act together or he doesn't. Right, and there's very little reason to think he has it together or would keep it together. I mean, it would be the perfect landing spot for him. If anyone could get some value out of him, I think it would be Sean Payton. But I'm surprised if if this moved forward. I mean, it, he's not going to change his body type. You know what I mean? Right. He still is going to look like someone that just doesn't look like an NFL quarterback and it looks like he's going to get injured yeah, anytime he's out there. And not to let's mention... Let's bring Johnny Manziel to New Orleans. Let's do that. Let's, right. let's see how that works. They also met with Chase Daniel. You know, there was some talk that they were kind of in a, you know, a dark horse for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they would give up, obviously, the picks to make that happen, but they liked him back in the day. They're looking for young quarterbacks. This has been a humbling um, offseason for your boy, Chase, Chase uh, Montana. He's getting... Garen visits making the leap candidate. cut. I mean, a lot of visits, not a lot of job offers. Well, like Darrell Revis, he's an all time great who's guaranteed six million dollars this year, no matter where he plays because <laughs> of that terrible contract all the Eagles great. gave him. So I would know, he's still, doing I would, OK. I would stay right home, mow my lawn, sit out on the beautiful front porch, <laughs> drink drinks, watch the sunset. Why not? A uh, few more guesses, Mark, for the person in this building that has the info on Johnny Menzel. Booyah, the sandwich guy. Getting closer. <laughs> Andres, the compliance officer. Negative. Well, he's really the HR, the human resources. <laughs> the head of human resources. Head of human resources. Lakeisha Jackson, associate desk editor. She's got a lot of information. It was not this item. Okay. Keep hammering away. If you, even if you were to get it, I would not say yes. But well, I know exactly I don't who reveal it is. my sources. I know who it is. Everyone knows. It's not <laughs> Inside like, the building. It's not a scoop for you, really. Well, wow. as the ATN uh, I was, insider. I was told it a long time ago. I know. I know who you're talking about. I was told before you were told. And I, and I kept Why are you talking over my stick? Happy to talk over it. I, unlike you, I didn't attempt to, someone, to tell someone else, and you actually did tell someone else. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Dan's... You, know, you, don't, Dan, you don't tell Dan's secrets. Dan's credentials as the network insider... <laughs> continue to uh-huh. be called into question as he gets further away from his only scoop. And then he yesterday acted like he had some big scoop and then backed off it saying, oh, no way. Actually, I can't uh, I can't reveal that information. Please. That's not how insiders act. <laughs> Greg, can, I, can I just say yeah. before we move on to the next story? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. This story is upsetting to me because I was going to use Johnny Manziel as my redemption in the sandwich round, but I'm gun shy after what happened mm. last year. Just so, like, out of curiosity, if I had said, like, Johnny Manziel will be on an NFL roster by the end of the summer, how many of you would have taken me on that? Oh, I would take you on that. I what does end of the summer mean? Like, by, <laughs> like, like through training camp. I'd take you. I don't think he's going to get it. Do you want to lay it out? We'll see. Do you want to lay it out? Do it right now. Can I do it right yeah, now? All can. right, doing it. Okay. Take you up on that. I don't Fortier, think I'm go, not, go get my lunch. I'm not buying it. Greg, and I'll say it again, jealousy is not a good look. I mean, just break something. See what it's like. I'm not trying to be an insider. See what it's like. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart uh, uh, sticking around in Carolina. Rap Sheet reported Friday that Carolina Panthers extended Stewart's contract one year, meaning he's signed through 2018, the 30-year-old running back. 
um, is coming off a season uh, where he battled injuries. He missed three games, just 3.8 yards per carry and 218 attempts. You know, Greg, when he's healthy, he's a good guy, but this is not a signing we're going to go crazy about, right? This is a signing for salary cap purposes, I fully expect. We haven't seen all the details, but it lowers his cap number for this year, kind of spreads it out a little bit. I think they'll be looking for another running back in the draft to pair with Jonathan Stewart. He's still a good player. One of my my favorites over the last decade. They are such a candidate to draft someone. They've got Fozzie Whitaker, Cameron Artis-Payne, and someone named Jalen Simmons behind Stewart, who you can't count on. I mean, they absolutely want to be a run-based team, too. I think they're going to move away from some of the stuff they've done. You've got to. You've got to find someone else. You could bring Double Trouble back together, the the running back duo nickname that never really took hold. Six years later. D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, Double Trouble. I mean, they couldn't keep them healthy then, so definitely reunite the two of them and see how it would go in 2017. Love Jay Stu, though. Bring him in with a rookie. Combine them, they're good. If you're if you're a, a regular fantasy player, there's certain players, whether it's football or baseball or whatever, that just stick with you if they if they banged you in a big spot. Uh, D'Angelo Williams hit me hard, and I think it was like 2012. He came off like a 1,200 yard season, and I got in bed with him, and it blew up, and I can never forgive him. It's like Adrian Beltre in 2004. It happens sometimes. Do you know what I'm talking about, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Mark, Beltre you know? is a guy well, who think, did that to a lot of people, I would up and down. Jonathan Stewart, you know, there's many people with a similar tale. I feel like I've written 25 posts about Jonathan Stewart left or right foot. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Mark Sanchez. He's staying in the league. Good for you, Mark. A one-year deal signed with the Chicago Bears. The team announced Friday. Uh, Sanchez has really started to bounce around the league now uh, uh, since the Jets cut him loose a couple of years ago. Uh, he's spent time with the Eagles. The Cowboys last season, now the Bears, uh, and his his numbers exactly describe ultimately uh, the quarterback that Mark Sanchez is. His career numbers, 70, 72 career starts, a 56.7 completion rate, 86 touchdowns, 86 interceptions, and a 73.9 passer rating. That is Mark Sanchez. So you're not you're not getting a franchise guy. Once upon a time, the Jets thought he could be that guy, but now he locks in behind Mike Lennon as a backup. Which, let's be honest, I know Mike Lennon got a lot of money. Not the worst spot to be. It's the backup to Mike Lennon. Well, you might play. You might not play well because of the people around you. Well, I'm just saying the chance to get some playing time. Mike, if Mike Lennon's a bust, which some people, including the man that's not here today, yeah. uh, Chris Wessling, believe him to be. Well, I think Sanchez's it. career has proven what I, what the Jets fans wrong that say like, oh. well, he was good back in the day. Like, no, he was not really ever that good. In his moments, he he was also paired yeah. with a phenomenal defense. He had he had he had a lot around him. No, the truth about Mark Sanchez is he was terrible as a rookie. But that was one of the best defenses of the decade. Uh, played okay in the playoffs that year, and they got to the AFC title game. He played very well in the playoffs the following year after another up-and-down regular season. Right. And then they famously took the training wheels off him, and Rex Ryan even sent out a automated message to the fan base how the offense was going to open things up with Mark Sanchez coming off uh, a promising playoff run. And... He really – that's when it, it became apparent this guy was always going to be turnover prone and he was always going to be a limited player. And then he was kind of out the door, the butt fumble the next year. So I don't think any – Jet fans were very excited about him after that those playoff runs. But you could never really buy into him because he never really had a good season. Do you think that this – is there anything coming out of all of this 
where Chicago is basically saying we're not going to draft a quarterback anywhere nearly as high as anyone thinks? Are they taking themselves out of that mix entirely for this year? Shouldn't they? I don't know because w- – No, I think they should draft someone. They haven't in forever. They need to. Mike They're Lennon not going. Is your, he feels like a two-year answer to me. No, they only guaranteed him money really in the first year. So it's not going to be their first-round pick. So that second, third, you know. I don't I think, think that would be a good a use shot. of draft assets. If you just paid a quarterback good money and you really believe in him, why would you invest in a high-round pick? I'm not so saying their first-round pick, but yeah. we've seen a lot of teams who have quarterbacks take them in the second, third, and fourth round. Yeah. If you find – with Chicago specifically – yeah, I think Glennon is not. You know, we don't know what Mike Glennon is in Chicago by between now and December. It could be an absolute disaster. I think they feel good about him, though. Well, but then you know what? I'd point to is the quarterbacks they've felt good about over the last twenty <laughs> years. There yeah. aren't that many good Chicago Bears quarterbacks in their history. Uh, moving on. Meanwhile, on the throne of ease, the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots confirmed. Oh, that's a, that's a fuzzy word, considering the source. They will visit the White House on April 19th. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer announced on Thursday. Uh, this will mark the fifth time Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and company have met with the president in Washington. Bad news for the old Zeuser, who um, in our Super Bowl preview show, uh, I laid it out there. I said, I don't think... The winner of this game is going to go to the White House. Don't think it will happen. Well, right now, Mark, you're up a sandwich because it looks like it's going to happen. Greg did not take you up on that? Greg, believed, he agreed with me. Yeah. He thought it wasn't going to happen. And now what you have to also factor in, and that doesn't make it a good wager on my part, was the week of the Super Bowl, things were really, really testy in this country. Not that things are much better now, but there <laughs> right. were there they were, were. Um, there were uh, protests at airports across the country about uh, the the immigrant stance of Donald Trump and people that are outside are not uh, you know natives of this country. Uh, and I thought that that was something that would have legs to the point where a lot of these players would say, "I don't want anything to do with this." Well, I think that still could happen. Yeah, I, I think we'll see. I think it's going to be like if you could get you know a third of a sandwich because a big chunk of Patriots players don't go. I'd be willing to go down and buy you okay. a third of a sandwich. No, I don't want to do that. I think I think you won fair and square, and Greg didn't take me up on it. And well, we'll find I, out. I, I don't think this may not be the. This assumes ooh. that the Patriots have entirely. You know, what if the Patriots say this is embarrassing? But we only again, have it's coming from Sean 15, 15 players that want to go. Yeah. Maybe they say this is not a good look for us. We're ensnared in something we don't want to be. Maybe this is not over for you. I needed. You know what? Ultimately, I needed the Falcons to close that game out. Yes, exactly. Because Kraft will go right, no matter what. That got bad for you. Yep, he'll go. Arthur Blank is is. Uh, out uh, a left-leaning owner, one of the few out there with his politics. I, and I can't remember where West came down. Did he take it or not? <laughs> I can't remember. It was can't. I guess he didn't take me on it. I guess he didn't. Wasn't active in that that wager apparently. <laughs> I guess not. Finally, uh, this is a story. I like this story. Nobody else cares about this, but I like it. I uh, wrote about it on the end around. Good sell. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, the kicker competition in Tampa Bay. I love it. So exciting because Roberto Aguayo, the former second round pick, what a nightmare season he had last year. And uh, so the Bucks wisely, and, you know, they had to swallow some pride and bring in competition for Aguayo for year two. A guy that they invested a second round pick in and traded up to get him. 
outrageous, Maron. Uh, so here comes Nick Folk, former Jet, spent seven years in New York. Uh, really a, a solid, steady kicker. And this is what my boy Nick had to say about his upcoming kicker battle this summer. I can hopefully get him going a little bit in the NFL world because uh, I had a great guy to, to learn from uh, in Martin, my, my rookie year, and I kind of picked some things off of him just kind of sitting and watching. But, uh, you know, hopefully I can show him a few things, not too many, because uh, I have a family to feed. So I have a family to feed. Screw you, Robbie Aguayo. I'm coming to bang your life. I mean, it felt a lo- like a largely benign message. Yeah, from that feels Nick like you're Hulk, taking but... it out of context a little bit. <laughs> I don't think so. What Sp- was the headline? It. This what is was why, the headline? This is of the why story. people don't trust the media these days, Dan. What's you, the headline? Tell of me the if story? this is the wrong headline used on end around. Folk on Bucks kicker competition: colon, I have a family to feed. Oh yeah, it's dead on, baby. I mean, <laughs> he said well, it. Well, <laughs> you know what's really strange here is that Nick Folk got. $750,000 guaranteed in his contract, which is a lot. And Aguayo has guaranteed money, I believe, in his contract. So when you're, you know, because they gave him a big signing bonus and take take cap. I mean, when you're a GM, that's what you want to do. You really want to lock into guaranteed money for two kickers so that either way you're screwed. What's <laughs> going on in there in Tampa? <laughs> Maybe they keep both. Uh, oh, one more thing, doubling back to the Pats. Everybody should know that Tom Brady's jerseys are back on Patriot Way. There was a photo op at Gillette Stadium between the FBI's Boston division and Robert Kraft. And here's a statement from FBI Boston. What? Today, the Federal Bureau of Investigation in Boston is pleased to return the jerseys worn by New England Patriots MVP Tom Brady during Super Bowl 49 and Super Bowl 51. We know how much this means to the Patriots and football fans everywhere, and we are honored to be able to bring these jerseys back to Foxborough. Robert Kraft also had a statement to release. Oh, for heaven's sakes. An official statement. We want to thank the FBI, the Mexican authorities, and the many different local agencies that were involved in the investigation and ultimate recovery of Tom Brady's Super Bowl 51 jersey. Working alongside the, with the Patriots and NFL security, those agencies collectively coordinated an investigation that also led to the return of blah, 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 blah. It is another example of the importance of teamwork and what can be accomplished when everyone works together. We appreciate the effort of everyone involved and look forward to returning these jerseys to Tom when he gets back to New England. I think it is comprehensively clear to the listener that we had a lot of uh, time to fill in this show. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... It's like we can't solve pretty much anything in this country, you know, politically. Uh, we're a, a butt of jokes internationally. But if we got to get a uniform back of our quarterback or one, win some baseball tournament no one cares about, like nobody takes us out. These colors don't run. <laughs> Big shot on baseball tournaments. Uh, WBC, hugely popular. Sold out Dodger Stadium, Mark. The finals. I'm just saying someone in the room said it was a tournament nobody cared about. I didn't weigh in on where I felt. I can assure you, you it it wasn't the biggest thing on my mind either. Um, So there you have it. It was about teamwork. Were you at the Dodger Stadium? Did you care much about it? I watched it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. At your house? I did. All nine innings. Did it go nine innings? 
No, it went four innings. I don't know. How long did it hold people's interest? <laughs> the games are three innings long in the WBC. Well, they've got it right. <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not really a sports fan, are you, Mark? Ultimately. I... I do think when it comes to baseball, it is a season that essentially was shaped <laughs> I know, to we've appeal heard this to people times. in like 1939. We've heard this, we heard this. How about advance 80 years no, but and deal like with today's? any other sports is my question. Sure. If I did not work here, I think I would watch a lot of sports. Like what? I mean, sports that are on. I'd probably find a new <laughs> team to get into. But you Would know, you watch the NBA? I am dealing with sports all day long. I watch the NBA, the playoffs, like a lot of people. I get it. The regular season of the NBA, what human needs to deal with that? <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, it's, I just want – you judge people for liking others. I'm not judging. I, I would say I'm judging the sport for not understanding how it could be more marketable in some cases. Right. Not the people that watch it. I so would you like, are siding with the millennial generation on this? Yes, I am. Okay. Am I, am I totally out of tune with, with my analysis on – uh, that's what's happening in the news. By the way, we should circle back and talk a little bit more about Colleen, Connie Fox. Um, yeah, so we don't. She te- like she texted me. Let me just bring up the text that she sent me. Hey, I hate to do this, but I'm sick. I thought I'd kick it by today, but I don't want to come in and get you guys sick too. Kick it. Hmm. Hmm. If I put you in a bad spot, I'll totally come in. But otherwise, you definitely don't want me near you. Hmm. Well, I'm just Sorry. I'm I'm glad we got that time with her and Gonzo. You know, at the her husband John Gonzalez. Right. At the I wasn't 40th, aware who that was. <laughs> that is, Thank you. At his fortieth um, birthday didn't party. Go. I mean, we're but just... it just and I'm glad that they had that time together before this. Yep. Yeah. No, she she did well. I think he'll think back on her as someone who was a great wife <laughs> after the party that she put together for him. I, I think the thing is that's undersold about Colleen, yeah. what I'll remember is that um, a great journalist, a great reporter, not just, hey, I'm Colleen, I'm going to come in and be part of the podcast when Wes or Mark or someone's not there, a really solid uh, reporter who cared about her job, did a good job here at NFL Network. She was great, and we don't want to jump to conclusions here, but uh, we'll never forget her, and she's going to stay in our hearts. Hello, what is up? I speak Spanish, saucy, because it's time for odds and ends. <sighs> All right. All right, let's move on. Hmm. It's, hard. it's hard to pivot out of that. Yeah, I mean, but do we have to? It's been hard to do this whole show. It hasn't been easy. Um, all right, moving on. Let's play the over-under game. This is fun. Yahoo! Over-under game. This is a game where uh, this is what we're going to do. I took a look at, again, it's getting a lot of play. Some would say a little too much play on the scroll at NFL Network. Uh, NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling, their top 101. That's been a constant scroll now for four weeks. That's still a thing. Still a thing. Are you okay with that, Greg? Do you feel like at this point maybe they, they move you out of that scroll? Well, you said people are saying it's getting too much play. Who are the, who are these people? <laughs> who has been saying? I'm this? gonna I'm gonna tell you that it wasn't Booya, Andres, or Lakeisha. I don't know if that's still happening. But it was as of yesterday. Okay. Anyway, the point. Being, I, I like it. I, I like it. It's it's uh. It's good. It's good branding. It's good for your brand. I get it. <laughs> um, my point is, I I circled back to it. Um, which you could get at NFL.com 
slash top free agents. Not my favorite vanity URL, but um, <laughs> here's the top 101 available players, and they're updated to let you know where these people have landed. And so I, I kind of made a list of some of the bigger names, and okay. this is mostly on the offset, offensive side of the ball um, uh, for me uh, that are with new teams. And where are they going to – how is how are things going to go in their first year? That's basically what this is about. So let me find this on my computer. How I, long of a list? I found it. Here we go. It's a very long list. Longer than your average Major League Baseball game, Mark. Mm. <laughs> you know, baseball's looking to chop down their time, too. They've made some progress. Guys are going to a couple ba- years. baseball game in June. Dodgers Nationals. Dodgers Nats. I, yeah, I'm going to wear I actually am on, looking online already to do some online shopping for some Nationals gear because I like to go into <laughs> Dodgers Stadium and turn heads. I'm going to wear blazing red. Na- they're red, right? Blazing yeah. red Nationals gear from toe to head, head to toe. Nothing bad has ever happened in the parking lot of Dodgers Stadium. <laughs> no. Or a, a fan of the enemy. Um, all right. Here we go. Let's start with Alshon Jeffrey. All right, guys. And I'm going to do a little over-under here. Did I make that clear? A little over-under. Set the table. Statistics for the 2016 season. And you fantasy heads out there. Well, this is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, you love this. And I was about to say, like, the idea. And not mine, so. Well, maybe. Don't don't doubt yourself here, Mark. Um, Don't need to be. We're talking about the Raiders moving to Vegas. How about, Mark, the idea of Greg packing up his family and moving to Vegas? I feel like something that has benefits for Greg. Greg would love to. Greg is going to suddenly be looking for Raiders. What does it mean? Yeah. Here, how about this? Scratch the itch. Please. <laughs> it's the last place I would want to live. Well, you say that dry, now. Dry and fake, nothing going on. Well, there's something going on that, that apparently you're a part of, so <laughs> you like. You used to like, still like. So this is your wheelhouse, though, Greg. Over and under stuff. Like a Brent Musburger, like an Al Michaels. <laughs> um, here we go. Alshon Jeffrey, his first season with the Eagles playing – with a developing Carson Wentz who sur- suddenly has a nice little receiving uh, core around him. Alshon Jeffrey, year one, 70 catches. Greg. Well, when you brought up Alshon Jeffrey, I immediately just thought, I'm going over no matter what. And so okay. that's what I'm doing. Although 70 catches, that's a lot of catches. I think he's going to, you know, he's more of a deep threat guy. So to catch 70 passes. He would that would probably put him over twelve, thirteen hundred yards. That's a big time season out of a deep threat. But I think he can do it. I think going he's going to have a monster year, and I love the fit in Philly. I'm going to go under. Even when he played sixteen games, he only had eighty five catches in Chicago. That was three seasons ago. I, I think it's he's not, he's not the you know eight nine catches a game guy necessarily. And also, I don't believe he's going to play sixteen games. I, I simply do not. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Eleven hundred and fifty yards. Oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely over now. I'm going under. Slightly under. I think he's... You think he's a 1,000-yard receiver in Philly this year? I think he's going to be a little bit under. Mm. It's interesting. Solid season, but around 960. Was that 11.33 his last full healthy season? So right around there. Seven touchdowns. I'm going over again. I'm bullish. Push. Push. (laughs) I was waiting to see how long for our first... Well, I think seven makes sense for him in this equation that I'm coming up with him. We could call this segment over, under... Over, under, or in Mark's case, push. Push is a solid. It's a, it's a mouthful. It is. It's kind of like you're kind of on the fence a little bit. It's yeah. Not, it's not helping out your reputation like on the fence, Sessler. 
I actually, let's say this. Let's say this. As when I predicted that the Super Bowl would go into overtime for the first time in human history correctly, if it. he nails seven touchdowns, all of you will be silent for 20 years. <laughs> you also predicted the Super Bowl wouldn't happen. Did it? <laughs> How do you know? On some level. We don't know if it really did. I did hear a good theory that we're in some sort of alternate timeline right now with mm. Trump as our president, that this is some sort of alternate so, thing to go, what Greg. really should have happened. Really there you go. So maybe Mark's right. That's what I'm saying. Just won't get credit for it. All right. Here's an interesting one. Adrian Peterson. Now, I know he doesn't have a team yet, so it's hard to do this. But just think, Adrian Peterson, going to sign somewhere, probably going to play. How much? We don't know. So I'm going to set it at 200 carries, 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. I'm going to lock Mark in here. I'm going to set it at five and a half touchdowns. I believe that Adrian Peterson can do things when no one expects them, that he can surprise us, that he's got one more season with a little bit of juice in his bones, and maybe nothing crazy, but those numbers aren't crazy, and I think he'll find somewhere that could actually work, whether it's Oakland or Tampa. I'll go over. Those are two down back numbers having a nice season. Yeah. Yeah. Under across the board. With no questions asked. Really? I'm saying when by the end of the year, no questions asked. Incidentally, there's a there's a report today from ESPN yes. saying that Peterson has wanted more than eight million dollars in the first year of his contract and Good luck with that. That is what has kept his market totally silent. I mean you want to talk about a humbling offseason. Adrian Peterson probably can't believe it. He's I'm the greatest running back of my generation. I'm sending out these Instagram videos showing that I got juice in my legs still. I'm fresh after barely playing last year. Nobody wants me. Well known as a you know, very Nobody handsome wants, man. Nobody wants to pay him eight million. That's what's happening. <laughs> Where does sure. the handsome thing? Is he a good-looking guy? I never really. Oh never yeah, really people. Out to me. People. Uh, the ladies love Adrian Peterson in terms of uh, Sydney? His look. His looks. Um, I don't know if I'm qualified. If I feel like he's a little old for me. It's true. When we hit Sydney with these, see and the it's like appeal. 35. I get, I get it. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is like 28 or 29. Let's calm down with this. Oh, that's fair. Age thing. I will say it's one of the other humbling things that happened to him was, did you guys see the report in Minnesota when a reporter was doing a... <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he was... Uh, a man on the street. Well, man on thing. the street, yeah. yeah, for road rage. Interviewing Adrian Peterson. He's telling him all about road rage. At the end, he goes, what's your name for the record? And he goes, Adrian Peterson. And <laughs> suddenly, this <laughs> this reporter is like, oh, no. A tough year. Great hand. I mean, Greg's pulling up Google, Google images. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's an eight, probably. Smile, you know, great smile, great handshake. I, I I'm not sure teams hand. care a lot. Yeah, about I don't that. think that factors in, Greg. Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> Nick Carter, the Backstreet Boys, single-handedly recruited Jackson uh, to play with the Bucks and Jameis Winston, and now we got something cooking down there because you got Mike Evans, one of the best young wide receivers in the league. Obviously, going to be a target machine, but there are targets to go around, and Deshaun Jackson's going to certainly get some of them when he's on the field. Is he going to be on the field enough? Well, let's see. 50, 50 catches, 1,000 yards, four and a half touchdowns. I will go over on every category. He did that essentially last year with the Redskins. He had four touchdowns, but had almost over everything else you said. And there were a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. He played 15 games. I think this is one of the great free agent fits. I think we all feel that way. 
and it's a perfect guy to pair across from Mike Evans. He is going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to have a big year. I think he'll top all those categories. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well, although touchdowns, not a really big touchdown scorer. I think you put the numbers right around where he should be. So he's a guy I could see getting a little overrated in fantasy. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people aren't excited. But if people are expecting his numbers to pop, I don't think they're going right. to pop up there at all. But he'll be solid. I, I Interesting, Mark, because Alshon Jeffrey has had injury issues. But Deshaun Jackson, I feel like he misses four games a year with hamstring issues. That would be hard to get know, to that been, number. Been he started 16 in Did he really? Thir- 2013 just... started 13 the next year. And he had the, it was two years ago he had an issue, but hmm. he's been relatively healthy. Okay, that's fair. Speaking of guys that might be a little bit uh, overvalued once we get to fantasy season, Martellus Bennett uh, of the Packers. Everybody likes the signing. We love the, the offense that he's entering and the quarterback, obviously. Um, so I'm going to set the numbers maybe conservatively compared to what some other people are expecting. Uh, 30 years old, uh, or 29 years old. Here we go. 65 catches, 850 yards, seven and a half touchdowns. I'm going to go under for all of them. I just don't... First of all, an injury risk. Played through injuries, missed games in 2015, getting older, going to block a lot. Tight end's not always a huge part of that offense, although they'd like it to be. I think he could be an effective player for them without putting some big numbers up. Under. Okay. Mark? I'm with Greg. I don't think it's the I don't know if it's gonna be a position that piles up numbers with the way that they've used tight ends. Jared Cook was injured. He he ended up with thirty catches last year, but he missed a bunch of time. But he, And he I, kind of emerged later in the season. He did. I just I think Martellus Bennett will be a nice piece, but he doesn't need to be an absolute monster for them as the center of their passing game. I'm gonna go back right now to Jermichael Finley's career before the Browns mm. game ended his career and see the last time they really had like a high-volume tight end, what kind of numbers he put up. He started 14 games and appeared in 16 in 2012, targeted 87 times, 61 catches for 667 yards. That's right touchdowns. in that zone. The year before that, again, 16 games, 55 for 767 mm. and eight touchdowns. Maybe I think I think that would be the zone maybe we, we're looking at and maybe below that. I'm with you on that. I – uh I had an experience interviewing Jermichael Finley on one of the best days of his career, the day he signed a long-term contract extension with the Packers. And I was standing in 30-degree weather outside of the scouting combine and was forced to stand on a large box <laughs> because Jermichael Finley and I looked so <laughs> silly standing next to each other. Did this you guys was for share, NBC like, Sports Channel. Did you yes. share a look at like acknowledging how silly the whole thing was? Well, I think... We start. We were just standing there, and they were like, "Yeah, someone better get a box out for, for this little clown, <laughs> bozo." Uh, you know, he was a cool guy. I mean, I think he had fun with it. Good yarn, good yarn by Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Is this such a good time to check the sink on these podcast bozos? <laughs> uh, Mark, do you want to jump in with uh, one of your own? Or over I do under? have one. Uh, oh, I thought you had, you have a a story of your. I have many yarns. I did not. I have not been put on a box to interview anyone lately of late. Um, uh, Ziggy Hood, your boy. All right. Journeyman defensive lineman, but now he's landed in Washington. Why, my boy, huh? I mean, someone's. Okay. Maybe it's Greg's. His well, he's landed in Washington, the nation's capital, on a two-year, two-point-seven million-dollar contract. Expectations are high. Over under twenty-nine tackles, twenty seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a good one. I I do it. Um, I think this is compelling. 
Let's see. His career tackle numbers, 17, 17, 26, 25, 19, 15. And you said what? Breakout year, uh, 29. So I'm saying breakout year for Ziggy Hood. I Ooh, how old is he? He's not young. He's not young. 30 years, 30 old, years now. old now. Oh, perfect, right in that sweet spot. I think they're going to get what they paid for and nothing more. So I'm going to say Ziggy Hood is going to c- clock in right around 27, uh, 27 tackles. Going under. Uh, maybe maybe 31 tackles. Well, that's yeah. over. I'm going under. Wait, most likely 27. Okay, so under. Yeah. You know, in – it's not good when two of the last three seasons he has not started a football game <laughs> in the NFL. That's so a, that could happen a, again. You like yarns. It's a great comeback story. <laughs> Originally um, named Evander by his mom. Goes by Ziggy. Mm. Dan, good luck following up on that. I'll try that. I'll follow it up with a former Cleveland Brown mark, Brian Hoyer, who is signed with the 49ers, will probably be their starter, and is playing under... Kyle Shanahan, who everybody gets all jazzed up about, what he can do with a quarterback. Don't look at my computer. What are you looking at my screen for, Greg? <laughs> Weirdo? Creeper? What were you trying to say? Who he just said. Now I know. Brian Hoyer, <laughs> who I said. <laughs> 25 and a half touchdowns, 13 and a half picks, 3,600 yards, 14 and a half starts. How many touchdowns? 3,600. No, I said 25 and a half touchdowns. 3,600 yards. 14 and a half starts. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I don't know what the final answer is there at quarterback, and he's certainly the heavy favorite to be the week one starter. But I I would guess that we'll see two or three different starters starting a chunk of games. He's not going to be able to keep that job. He's under. O- he's only thrown over 12 once. And that was under Kyle Shanahan when he 12? Took 12. That's his oh, career cool. high pa- touchdown. He's pass? thrown 19 in that year with Houston. Okay. Uh, but other, everything else is just absolutely far below. And so I think that that touchdown mark, I have to go absolutely under. Do I have to go under with all of them if I say under? I will. No. I mean, you can. Because under on the yardage, I think he's going to. I just. I don't see Brian Hoyer going wire to wire. So I think you're going to get about 10 starts out of him tops, and then they're going to have to shift around. So there's only so much Kyle Shanahan can do, is what you're saying. You want to see a little Matt Barkley. You I mean, know. I think Who knows? they are Who definitely a scary can- thing to say. They are a candidate to absolutely to draft someone in the second, third round. And if they're if the team is two and eight, then you start to get a look at some of these guys. How about more, uh, Morris Claiborne and Josh McCown, New York Jets, sixteen starts, sixteen starts combined. Combined, Mo Claiborne, Josh that's a good one. That's a really good one. I'll go over because I think Claiborne can give you. He'll give you twelve maybe, and then you get five out of McCown. I mean, Mo Claiborne has missed a lot of games. I mean, McCown could give you one, so there's issues, you know. There are, there are certainly issues. Here. I, I don't like Rudy against injuries in the end, but yeah, Claiborne, four games in 2014, only seven in 2016, 11 in between. I'll go over, though. Okay. I don't want to root for it. Uh, I wrote about rebuilding teams, including the New York Jets, if you check out NFL.com slash endaround or NFL.com slash Hansis. You can get there either way, Mark. If you need to know, too. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Moving on. Eddie Lacy, who is now a member of the Seattle Seahawks, but kind of buried in that backfield potentially. And I'm I'm not bullish about him. I'll tell you what. So I'm putting him at 130 carries, 550 yards, averaging four and a half a pop. Hmm. Don't see a big season at Eddie Lacy. I thought it was a bad landing spot. Hurt himself by not being in shape. What do you guys think? Can you read the numbers one more time? 130 carries. Mm-hmm. 550 yards, four and a half touchdowns. Excuse me, not yards per carry. 
two and a half features about him overcoming weight issues <laughs> in Seattle over, papers. Man. I uh, I'm gonna go over. I feel like that running game. It's gonna have kind of like the San Francisco quarterback is going to have different guys leading the way. And I could just see Eddie Lacy at some point putting together a five, six week run where he really looks good. And people are like, wow, the old Eddie Lacy's back. Seattle's got their new march on. Maybe it doesn't stick, but I could see that happening enough to top those numbers. Okay. I'm with you. I think they brought him in. It tells you a lot about what they think about the rest of their backfield and the durability and who they can trust. And I think that they'll, it's, you know, they're going to use multiple guys, but it will be a hot hand offense. And if he has that kind of late season run that we've seen, you know, it's been years since that's happened, but he's still a young guy. I'm going to go over. Why not? I'm rooting for him. He's my boy. All right. One more. Brandon Marshall, New York Giants. 75, 1,050, seven and a half. TDs. Is he going to get it done in New York? What were the numbers against? I can never 75, remember. 75, yeah. 1,050 yards, seven and a half touchdowns. It's in line with his yards per catch. Mm-hmm. Um, the volume numbers, he had 115 catches or something with the Jets. Two years ago, I'd, I, I believe about 70 last year. Going under, too many mouths to feed, and the, the the career is. I'm not saying it's spiking down. I think he's he's a guy in that offense. He's he's an upgrade on Victor Cruz if he can stay healthy. Number one, but under. I'm going under, and I feel more confident in this one than maybe any that you've put out there. Really? I then how much under you think it? What? So this is a bust or what? Yeah, I just think he's the third best receiver on a not great passing attack. So I think I think Sterling Shepard will have better numbers in the end because I think he's better, and Otto Beckham obviously is. And so, even if it didn't turn out to be a total bust, like they kind of like having him there, I could see him just having a 700 yard season or something. And we talked about, it. I think we broke broke it down very fairly well. The idea that on paper, whoa, this makes a lot of sense, but then you start peeling back the layers. Whoa, this maybe might not work out. And one thing that a lot of people maybe are missing on this because you just blame it on the quarterback play. But if you look at some other advanced metrics, Brandon Marshall wasn't separating from cornerbacks like he was uh, in 2016 the way he was mm-hmm. the year before. He looked like he maybe he lost a step, and now he's a year older. Let's see. 33-year-old wide receivers, not a big track record for big years. We'll see if Marshall can buck the trend. All right. Did you have one, Greg? Or Okay. I have one more. You do? Yeah. Let's hear it. You brought up Eddie Lacy. Yeah. I got an Eddie for you. Okay. Tony Gerard Eddie, still a free agent, still out there. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to get picked up. Good athlete. They're all good athletes. Okay. But it's someone that's going to be useful. I think a lot of coaches are just waiting to kind of strike on Tony Gerard Eddie. One forced fumble over under 2017 campaign. I am going to. Well, you know, you look at forced fumble numbers, they don't. They don't just, you know, grow on trees. You don't just get 12 or 13 of them. Some players, very good ones, have two all year. Let's, let's, yeah, well, thanks. let's track this. I am, I'm going to go Sessler here. I'm going to push. He's going to force one. <laughs> I think that's logical. Well, I'm, I'm looking at Tony's career stats. He has four games started. He's a nose tackle. He has yet to force a fumble in his career. He's overdue. So, look at it. That's, that's so, looking behind. 
I look at the numbers and I'm gonna say no. He does have an interception streak. He has a fumble. Must have been a fun. He has a fumble recovery. Too. Must have been a fun interception. Not strangely, as gre- as Mark referenced, he's a great athlete. <laughs> <laughs> he's burly, six foot four, three hundred and three pounds. The pride of DeSoto High School in Texas. I thought your last one was gonna be um, maybe about uh, your your running back from Toledo State. Some numbers he might be popping up. Francisco, Francisco Waxy. Waxy. Well, he's got to get drafted first. I I do believe he will get drafted. Over under, um, round five. That's a solid push, but I will go under. I'll go under. I'll go under because I think I think he's going to be one of these players, Francisco Waxy, that when he gets in the league, much like a Richard Sherman, he's going to have that chip on his shoulder his whole his whole career. Fair enough. He's a confident guy. All right, before we get go before we get going, let's get on the line. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. He lives in a haunted mansion in New Jersey. His name is Connor Orr. Yellow. Connor. <laughs> hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. What's going on, buddy? Hey, that happened fast. Normally I talk to someone else first. What's up, guys? Were you asleep? <laughs> Sound like you've been napping. I think he's technically on the clock right You're now. You're on shift. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Let's 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 move on. What, else, what do you guys got going on? Uh, we are, you know, we're just hanging out. It's a nice day in late March here in Los Angeles, and uh, and I guess we haven't spoken in a little bit now. And I wanted uh, the main thing, I guess, the reason for this call was you had that great connection with uh, Minot, um, Minot State uh, University, the Beaver, not the Beavers. What are they? Buckshot, baby. The Buckshot, baby. Uh, and they sent a beautiful, uh, elaborate care package, and we, they sent it here, and then we, uh, with the help of the great Sydney, sent off many of the materials your way. How, how did that treat you? Those, the Minot State University sending you a care package with all sorts of uh, gear and, and food from the city. Uh, tell us about it. Dude, forget about it. This place is ridiculous. It's so good. Uh, Cindy's Track Crackers are like the best thing I've ever eaten. And also, they sent me a white chocolate bar with like crumbled up pretzels inside. Forget about it. I mean, this is, uh, they don't call it the magic city for nothing. This place is unbelievable. Connor, are you at all concerned? I'm looking at the City of Minot uh, Facebook page, or uh, excuse me, their Twitter handle. They still have just 76 followers. Yeah, I think that's a big problem, and I think that everyone needs to kind of get out there and give them a pop because it is, I would say, probably next to Scranton, the greatest city in the United States. Mm. Wow, that's that's a big sell uh, from Connor there, and, uh, and a great follow on Twitter. I mean, the what la- is the handle? Why don't we throw it out there? City of Minot, and 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 you can get tweets like this from March twentieth. The new automated trash containers. Are convenient and portable. Watch our superintendent move 320 pounds with ease. That's 10 65-gallon cans. Didn't they just have a big vote on that about the garbage cans? There's a lot going on in that that civic government. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's huge. So, yeah. and and speaking of Minot, uh, again, uh, based in North Dakota, nice city. Uh, you, this all started because your NCAA 2004 PS3 game uh, allowed you to have Chip Kelly take the reins of the Minot State University buckshot. Uh, and I guess a quick update here, uh, where, where that, how that rebuild's going, because he promised some big things, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, baby, 6-0. We went down to Alabama. We went down to Clemson. 
<laughs> we went up to Notre Dame, out to Oregon, Oklahoma, Ohio State, 6-0, and number nine in the country. Forget about it. This is a train that is rolling downhill, and it's not going to be stopped until wow. we win the national championship. Who's your, who's your quarterback? I mean, we got them all. I mean, you know, I mean, this is – this team, let me tell you what, is stacked. I mean, Juwan Mason – Travis Pride, Zach Myers, you know, I mean, these guys, you know, Andy Jones, uh, Zach Bennett. I mean, these guys, I mean, this is, this is a train rolling downhill. And that, that's like we say, why not Minot? You know, why not us? I, I like it. And I, I'm curious, Minot State University, uh, the campus, which, of course, is located at 500 University Avenue, um, zip code 58707, the, where – where are the chances that College Game Day, ESPN's College Game Day, drops by there and invades that campus? Mm. Well, I think it's a big credit to our athletic director, Rick Hedberg, um, <laughs> who's been doing a ton of work here. And, um, you know, to bring, uh, shed a light on Herb Parker Stadium um, and just a few more people, uh, Dean Franzvog, who's the uh, faculty athletic representative, sure. is making sure that all of our athletes are ready on game day to go. College game day would be insane to overlook this. The Herb is going to be insane this year. Mm. Uh, and a follow-up question on the university, since you're kind of the unofficial mouthpiece. According to their Wikipedia Wikipedia page, their graduation rate was only 38.6% in 2014. Any thoughts on that? Well, that's why we've created the Power Center, and it's providing opportunities with enhanced resources. That's sort of the acronym there. Um, and that's Dean's group, and, you know, they all kind of work together uh, to give you the tools because, um, like Dean Franzvog says, in order to be successful on the field, you have to be successful off the field. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of been our big thing here. That's good, man. You got the whole thing on lock. You've got, you've got um, an answer for yeah. everything. I'm going to throw myself 100% into anything. It's almost like there's a, a gun at your back right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all in. I mean, once once you have that white chocolate pretzel thing, that's it. I mean, I'm in. That's that's what it took. There you go. And, and, and anything else to add? Uh, by the way, I, I we've been we haven't really come back to this. How are things going with your your movie uh, experience? Where you were going to watch all the top 100 movies on the American Film Institute. How's that project going? Um, you know, <laughs> I would say that uh, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting for the right time. I am going to the movies tonight to see Lego Batman. Uh, oh, with your son? Ex- oh, wait, you have no children. <laughs> what? With a child? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have three tall beers at Buffalo Wild Wings and go see Lego Batman. <laughs> and uh, I envy you, man. Because that's what I want to do, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. So that's it. I mean, that's what that's what uh, Mark. That's what Connor's up to. I don't think that yeah. made the AFI top 100 list. list well, it just came out, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Let's be fair. I don't think it's going to ever make any top 100 list. Connor also a fascinating uh, chef. It's about 3:15 p.m. right now on the East Coast. I'd imagine he's beginning some sort of crockpot adventure. T- you know, pairing it with an early evening beer before he goes out to the cinema. Maybe not. I think we might have lost them. Oh, I didn't know. I thought you guys were saying goodbye to me. Uh, well, we, you know, we might have maybe to Maybe we now. should. Maybe we should. I hope. Do you have anything in the crock pot? No, I'm doing sort of a gourmet grilled cheese because it's Friday. So yeah, treat little yourself. little gruyere, little brie, and uh, we're going to press that down. little Malbec. It's going to be uh, forget about it. There you go. 
now, Connor, or let your Friday convince, you know, convince, commence, sign off our, our um, chat client. Go have a, have a ball. Get ready for that movie. Why not mine out, baby? See you guys around. There he goes. Connor Orr. It's got a guitar squeal, a squeal, Sid. What's going on here? Not a single guitar squeal for Connor today? Uh, it, you, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> wow, the disrespect. <laughs> the guy lives. I mean, he's rock and roll. He is. If I had a guitar, personified. It, yeah, it, really is. it would probably be easier for me to do one on an actual guitar than it would be to dive on the board at this moment. Oh, we got some board issues. is checked out. Sydney's doing doing a lot today. I was we we did a uh, we did another hit on uh, up to the minute, two o'clock Pacific, five o'clock Eastern. Might be a little too late for people to watch, but almost every day these days. So just yeah. watch it, DVR it. Hey, that Nick Folk audio came courtesy of six twenty WDAE, the Pat and Aaron show. Oh, hey, gotta respect. Uh, you know, uh, give them credit where credits due. And, oh, and I do want to say, you know, before yeah. we go, it's it's kind of like a a circle of life thing. You know, we talked about. Colleen's situation, which is, you know, unfortunate, yeah. but at the same time, um, another extended member of the Around the NFL family joined this earth, Patrick Claybon, new son, oh, Malcolm. Congratulations. congratulations to the Claybons. The Malcolm Clayton. How about that? Claybon. Wonderful news. What did I say? Clayton. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about John Clayton. <laughs> oh, oh, Patrick Claybon. Yeah. Yes. Ah, good. But, you know, it, it is Patrick paired Claibon. with that. That beautiful news is paired with. What we're dealing with with, you know, Colleen, of course. So it's, yeah. you know, that's life. That's the. So that's we're happy for Patrick. Yeah. Uh, and his family. We grieve with uh, Gonzo, who is John Gonzalez, who is Colleen Wolf's husband. Probably the last time we'll have to mention him at this point. <laughs> All right. That's it. City's looking at us like, what? Uh, what happened? It's been a weird show, but I loved every minute of it, so it's fine. All right. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, Wes will – I don't think Wes will be back. So maybe, He will not. Maybe Colleen will be able – well, maybe John can share some memories of Colleen. You know, we'll just keep it wide open, the chair wide open for Monday, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. But thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, The Boss, New Money, Connor Orr in absentia, and Colleen Wolf wherever she is now. Till Monday!
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 